thirsty, my friends. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Touchdown, Packers! Football is life! Lana! What? <laughs> Danger zone. No! 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 Sack you out in the end. This is the way. It's morphin' time! The joyful and jolly Jessica Fish. Ew, David. And be better protected from mayhem. Like me. Hello, Wisconsin! Hello. I'm the doctor. No! Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone back to another fantastic episode of the nerdiest podcast in the Midwest, an episode where we're going to be doing some TV talking about The Mandalorian. This is the way here on the Midwestern Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Brian Stoffel, joined as always by my partner in crime, my sidekick, my co-host, Hey, okay, Wilson. And I also love that we could have thrown that in with editing, but Brian just had to. <laughs> Brian wanted to make the noise, and I love it. It was great. <laughs> we are the. The Midwesterners. That's M I D W E S T E R N E R D S. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Midwestern Nerds. We are the Midwestern Nerds podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send that to MidwesternNerds at gmail.com. You can hear and listen to and rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. This week, we're doing another TV Talk episode, Catching Up with the Mandalorian. There have been two episodes out since we last talked about The Mandalorian, episodes four and five. We are going to be discussing those in full spoilery detail. I'm going to start off with my general thoughts, and I'm going to start off by saying I really liked these two episodes. I felt like these two episodes are finally starting to steer the ship in a direction for a change this season. I liked the training and just sticking with our core Mandalorian group in episode four. And then I liked the pirates and everything that ensues in episode five. Kyle, you just finally caught up with both of these episodes on the day that we're recording on a Friday. What are your general thoughts? Listen, Wednesdays get real busy. Ted Lasso, there's AEW wrestling on. There's a lot going on on Wednesdays. So sometimes I don't always get to it. But I'm glad that I watched it this morning because it's fresh on my mind. Episode four, however, was a week ago. But I really liked episode four. Like, really, really, really liked. The the training was really cool. The the storyline progression with Bo-Katan in both of these episodes has been very intriguing. The way that I thought it was going to go so i'm very happy with that but also just like the way that it's going it's still catching me off guard even though like what i thought was going to happen is happening there's still like the way that they're going about it is still very cool just something about big prehistoric creatures fighting men in armor with guns and jetpacks was just really fucking cool (laughs) like there was just this primal like yeah this is awesome 
<laughs> like moment when when the when all the Mandalorians were fighting whatever that fucking pterodactyl thing was and uh, and it's giant babies oh, i love that they kept them too oh my god that's gonna be so cool in the future they're gonna be riding them next to whoever's riding the fucking mythosaur it's gonna be so cool and we got the super cool flashback with grogu too like we finally got an answer to that which i'm gonna dive more into when we get to, when we get more into that and then yeah like you said that the the pirate I love that they obviously it was a callback to I think the first fucking episode and the it, it was just like this it was this cool moment at the beginning of that episode where it's like anyone in this universe if you have a big enough ship can just go take a planet <laughs> it's like this terrifying like I all of a sudden had that like weird terrifying feeling where I felt bad for the people in Navarro and I was like holy shit all this dude did was come in and was like Hey, I'm gonna fuck you up unless you surrender. No, they didn't surrender. And then he just literally burnt down their new planet, like this new nice shiny toy that they have. And it was just awesome. But then the Mandalorians coming together. What again, super cool fight scene with all of them finally coming out of the shadows and taking Navarro back. And then the shit with Bo-Katan in the armor at the end. Ah, super cool stuff. And the, oh my god, and we got more, we got more Moff Gideon stuff, kind of, but ah. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of really exciting stuff in the last two episodes, I think. Absolutely. Let's go back to episode five and we'll talk about the main things that we want to talk about with that. But before we do, I just want to touch on <laughs> you. You mentioned it. And I want to say, too, if you know, you know. We got Zava. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, so don't, sp I actually haven't even caught up on this week's episode of that yet too. So that I'll tell you after the show, but that one actually kind of got spoiled for me, but either way. We finally caught up. So those listening that have no idea what we're talking about, Kyle mentioned Ted Lasso. So Ted Lasso season three is in full effect. The lady and I finally caught up with it last night because I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's our internet. I don't know if it's Apple TV plus, but Wednesdays when the new episodes drop we try to watch them and our apple tv like bugs out <laughs> like we'll we'll get two minutes in and then it will freeze and then after that we'll maybe get like another 15 seconds every time and then it'll just like freeze and then i'll like back out of the show and jump back into it and then it'll give us another like 15 seconds and then it will freeze and i'm like what the hell's going on so we're We've been a day behind, and I'm glad that the internet hasn't spoiled anything. And I think it's kind of funny, too, that going into season three of Ted Lasso, which, yeah, we're on a little Ted Lasso tangent here, but a little sidestep. But that this is a TV Talks episode, and Ted Lasso is going on right now. It's relevant. We're keeping up with it. I think it's funny that going into season three, the whole like cast and creators are like yep season three it's the last one and of course because ted lasso is like one of amazon or amazon one of apple tv's biggest shows they're like uh we kind of want more of that and now it's kind of like muddled and gray if this is the last season or not i feel like the way that they set up episode one kind of felt like okay we're we're starting to set up like some of the last few things going on here especially with ted's arc 
and his journey that they're taking him on feels like it this could be the end but it's funny that it's it's great that they're like oh may maybe we could do more especially when i forget brett goldstein i think his name is the the dude who plays roy kent he's here he's there he's every fucking where he was (laughs) at jimmy kimmel last night and i watched the interview where they were talking about that and he's like we could do a season four but it would be kind of awkward and weird if we did because we all filmed season three like it was the last season And we purposefully filmed the last scene of the last episode as like our final thing. So we all like hugged and cried and said our goodbyes. And it would be kind of weird if we just were like, hey, just kidding. We're actually back and going to do it again. So my eyes out at that last episode. (laughs) It'll I can already tell it'll be interesting if if they actually do. I don't think they will, though because brett goldstein's like the main creator of the series he also has shrinking going on on apple tv with jason siegel and harrison ford which i've heard nothing but phenomenal things about that show also just recently got picked up for season two so he's going to be busy with that plus let's not forget he's the mcu's hercules right now so whenever he's going to show up with all of marvel and mcu's pausing and readjusting and refiguring things out and all that stuff it's going to be interesting to see when if and when he actually does show up again that that'd kind of be a a shitty post-credit scene if it was just like hey here's hercules nope just kidding he's he's not here (laughs) um so all that being said, Kyle's not fully caught up with Ted Lasso, so we'll, we'll hold some of that pause because right now we are we're here to talk about Mando. But you mentioned Lasso, so I wanted to bring him <laughs> up because God, I love that show, and I'm I'm with you. I'm probably going to be a bawling mess at the end of season three, especially since it very well could be the last. I don't want them to go season four. I I like I think we've talked about this before. I like when a story. I like when there's a start to end story and I like when they tell that story and then they're done. Right. Like that some of the best shows can just be, here's the story and now we're done. I know you want more, but too bad. (laughs) This is the story we wanted to tell. I've mentioned before, but the good place is one of my favorite shows and it's only four seasons and they could, they could have gone a lot longer if they really wanted to, but they decided to wrap it up when they did. And it's perfect. It would be interesting if, I don't know how they would do it, but if they did like a maybe a, a limited like spinoff series, maybe just like an episode or two or three focusing on like one character and then maybe like going off to see like what a different character is doing. Because even in se- the beginning of season three, like we're starting to set up that some of these characters might be going off and doing their own things. You know, Sam's got his restaurant and keely's off doing her her pr stuff and but but that's what that's what makes a final season so good to me is that you set up these people who are now going to be off camera succeeding and living their best life like that's how you end the season is like all these guys have now moved past this main story that we are telling you and they're doing well they're thriving that's fair all right let's jump back in the mando i liked that we started off with training we get to see a little bit of of how 
the Mandalorians train each other, and I liked seeing Grogu get to do more stuff now. I, I liked that it was just like I like his progression, especially seeing it in episode five of like we all still think of him as the child. Let me mm-hmm. see the child. Baby Yoda. We all still call him Baby Yoda more than we call him Grogu. And he was definitely leaning into that to kind of, you know, hide hide how much he actually has grown and improved. And when Din's finally, like, in in the challenge, he gets shot twice. He's like, it's, it's okay. Like, show him what you can do. And he just, he does his little flippy thing and then boom, boom, boom. And the, the kid's done. And I was like, yes, I... I'm actually kind of excited to see more of of his progression and more of him growing and becoming a Mandalorian. And it'll be interesting to see if if he ever gets to the point where he does wear a helmet now. I think not jumping too far ahead, but the end of episode five kind of shows that maybe he doesn't have to wear a helmet ever as as a Mandalorian, which we'll get more into then. But it I. I think it would be kind of cool if he did get his own helmet and we maybe modified it a little bit, you know, maybe had some holes for his ears to stick out or, or it's, cause that's the big thing that I always think about. I'm like, how are you going to fit those ears in a helmet? Like, are they going to have to like stick out of the helmet? Are they going to have to like, like be pushed back kind of like hair, it's like hanging behind him on his shoulders? Like how, how would that work in a helmet? And now Maybe he doesn't have to wear a helmet, which we'll we'll jump into later. The only thing that I was kind of meh about like Grogu's whole arc in this story is he gets a new piece of armor, which is cool, but I it, it's it's a little big, and and I get that maybe you know sometimes you, when when you give babies some new clothes they're a little big because they'll grow into it, but knowing how big Yoda is which same species as Grogu, how much more is he going to grow? And that that chunk of armor that he gets looked a little bulky and it looked a little awkward and a little weird. And I get that we can throw his robe back over it and maybe not see it. But <laughs> I was just like, oh, that don't look good. <laughs> Fair. All right. I, I've been rambling a lot because <laughs> Kyle's trying to keep his uh, feline in order on the other side of the state. So... Why don't you jump in with some of your thoughts about Grogu and the training and the armor and all that stuff before we get into his flashback, because that's yes. another big part. We will get into the flashback. I just, because of the flashback, again, we'll, but because of the flashback, this training and everything was like, oh, so good. So like he's, he takes those first two shots, right? They're basically playing paintball in the first of three wins. Like, and he takes those two shots because he's like, Grogu is scared. Again, we'll get into it, but he is scared to show his real self. He hasn't been able to show his real self, like, almost ever. Like, he's been in the mindset for years and years and years to hide who he is so that he's not found and not found out, like, by what he actually is. So then when his his dad, <laughs> who he, his father figure, looks at him and says, it's okay, you can show them who you are. And then he just fucking goes and he does the big flip that we see Yoda do all the time. And he, boom, 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 three shots, wins the little duel. It's fucking awesome. Uh, that that moment, again, with the flashback in the same episode is just so perfect as to why, like, we, I, it, it's now my understanding that Grogu has been able to do a lot of this stuff 
for ever. <laughs> like he was, he was obviously training at the temple and, and, but he's just been hiding this stuff because he had to for so long. And now it's like, he's finally getting comfortable and he finally knows that he can start showing that more, which is just so cool because of Dinjarin. So I thought that 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 little scene was super cool. Yeah, the little armor piece was interesting. I don't know if that's going to come up anytime soon. I don't want to see him in a helmet. I I get it. It would look funny if his ears were sticking out, right? I don't want to see it. I don't think we're ever going to see it because of the ears. But I don't think we are either, especially because, and again, we'll get to it, but the way that episode five ends, Mm -hmm. maybe he won't have to ever wear a helmet. And I'm I'm just thinking of this now as I'm listening to you talk. They've been talking about how there's rumors about like the next Star Wars movies taking place after the sequel trilogy. So after episode nine, I think it'd be really cool if later on down the road when we do future Star Wars projects that are not in this time period, if Grogu showed up, like after you know growing up and going on his own way and right now this this series and by this series i mean mandalorian and the episodes in book of boba fett kind of set it up where like he had to choose if he wanted to be a mandalorian or a jedi and i think it'd be kind of cool if we saw a not an adult but maybe like a a young adult a teen for for grogu years i guess if we saw him in like future timeline stuff away from din like his own person but like being trained as a mandalorian and then maybe like after he got his mandalorian training went back and like finished his jedi training so that he could be like a jedi mandalorian because i just want to see like a yoda type figure in Mandalorian armor with both like, you know, his wrist gauntlets and blasters and stuff, but also with a lightsaber. We talk, we, I I think a lot of talk about this Mandalorian, these later seasons has been, who's going to end up with the dark saber. Who was the one who originated the dark saber? The first Jedi, stop it. Who was the one to first originate the dark saber was the first Jedi Mandalorian. So I think that's a really good time that Grogu just ends up. He's the, I don't know if he'd be like the end all be all leader at the end of all this, but I think we can jump ahead. Like you said, we're going to jump ahead enough in the future where he can, he is <laughs> the man, the, the head Mandalorian. He has the, he has the dark saber and he's a Jedi. Like, I think that'd be a really good way to incorporate I feel like, him. I feel like he would have to maybe, mold a different dark saber because that thing is way bigger than he is and that would look kind of awkward seeing little (laughs) because even yoda had a tiny lightsaber dude they could absolutely destroy the dark saber in this series and then when he comes back in a future movie he could have take the kyber crystal and put it in a different hilt absolutely we could see him keep yeah keep a crystal or Or if the crystal gets broken like when they destroy it maybe he just takes like a shard of it and so then you get the smaller blade then too because you don't have as much power there some cool go. ideas coming i like this <laughs> we're bouncing it off each other i like it <laughs> uh lucasfilm if you ever listen uh, we could always use a job <laughs> we, yeah we only require a small compensation <laughs>
let's get into the mission of episode five before we go into the flashbacks because i think the flashback scene is probably the highlight of the episode so we find out that not only does uh what's his name paz Vizla, something like that yep. uh john favreau's character not only does he have a son but his son gets taken by a pterodactyl <laughs> a giant pterodactyl which <laughs> when that happened my first thought was, why did you decide that this was the best planet to take refuge? You first get attacked by a giant alligator turtle in episode one. Now you're being attacked by giant pterodactyls. Clearly, this isn't a safe place. This is a hostile environment. <laughs> why Why choose to hide in the caves here? Not I only mean, that, but it's this isn't the first time it's happened. <laughs> They talk about multiple times this has happened. They know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah, because they were like, yep, that kid's dead. Like, he's there's even a Mandalorian helmet in the nest already. (laughs) Yes, like they haven't learned their lesson. And this kid, I swear to God, this kid will never be on a beach again because, like you said, during his little initiation thing, he almost gets ate by a giant alligator and then he's on the beach one more time. Just oh, shit, there's a pterodactyl. (laughs) He's like, uh, I'm gonna chill in the caves. Yeah. I'm just going to chill in the cave here. Don't mind me. <laughs> Fucking pick a different planet or, you know, quit lying to yourselves and go back to Mandalore, which we'll get to. <laughs> which, again, not trying to jump too far ahead, but <laughs> in episode five, there were there was a moment where I was thinking, like, what what are we doing here? Like, yeah. we, we already established that Mandal that you can go back to Mandalore. What? And then they finally do address it. And I, like, as I was thinking it, then they addressed it. And I was like, oh, okay, I just need to be patient and let them answer the questions that they're <laughs> now creating for me. <laughs> yep. I liked how Bo Katan all like suddenly got thrown as in charge of this mission. And I like seeing the start of the progression for this character with this particular group of Mandalorians and I I thought that the that the mission the battle all of that was cool uh taking down the, the pterodactyl I I like that the the alligator turtle does show up at the end in Jurassic World form like I forget what that thing's called uh, the the megalodon <laughs> yeah well, there's always a big and, and, there's always a he, bigger fish <laughs> yep yep I thought that was pretty sweet during the first no no this was during the 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 rescue mission uh bo katan loses some of her armor mm-hmm. and she's got to go to the to the armor and get a replacement and other than the flashback scene i thought this was the most pivotal scene of the episode where she's getting her new shoulder plate and she's like hey can i get a a mythosaur uh, emblem on on that that shoulder plate because the armor first is like do you want another owl like you have on the other one because you're part of that the night watch um again don't have too much clone war knowledge but i i think i remember them being mentioned at one point i didn't get to far enough to where bo katan shows up in clone wars shout out shout out screen rant for all my clone wars information (laughs) I think after after Mandalorian wraps up, I'm just gonna look up 
key Clone Wars episodes to watch because as much as I try to make it my jam, for some reason, it's just not quite my jam, but I do want to watch it and experience the good stuff. I did see some stuff with man with Mandalore and with Obi-Wan and I forget what his girlfriend is on um, the queen of Mandalore um, at that point. Like, and I think the night watch was starting to get introduced where I kind of stopped watching, but all that stuff was interesting. Like I said, time and time again on this podcast. So it's all of like the, the, the filler episodes of like, teen ahsoka which i don't care for and clones being trained and and all that stuff where i'm like can we just get back to the good stuff (laughs) um too much filler Uh, yeah uh so yeah i'll to finish off this other tangent i'll 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 eventually get back (laughs) to i'll eventually get back to to finding those key episodes of Clone Wars to catch myself up with. But yeah, she gets the Mythosaur uh, on her shoulder plate because Armor's like, yeah, that's that's uh, the the symbol of, of, our, of our people. Like, of course, you can get that on there. And then she's like, well, what if I told you that I saw one? And then she's like, oh, well, you saw that in a dream? Like, that's that's a sign of good fortune towards you. And she's like, uh, no, it's it's more than in a dream. I, I saw it. It was in the waters when I saved Din. And the armor acts like she doesn't believe her at first. And I was like, oh, this is where the tension's going to rise. Like, kind of thinking along along your theories that, that you've brought to this show before. I was letting that influence what I was experiencing. I was like, oh, that's that's going to be what causes the divide, the, the rift. Uh, the armor is going to be like, no, like, you haven't seen that because that's just a myth. It's just a legend. Like you can only see it in, in your dreams and all that stuff or in visions. And now you're trying to, to, to turn our people to your, to your heretic ways. Um, and I thought that was going to be like the dividing point. And we'll find out very soon Yeah. Uh, within <clears throat> our, our recap of these episodes. We'll find out that that's not the case at all. I have so many things that I, that my brain is running around right now. First of all, when I said there's always a bigger fish, all of a sudden my head popped up to that alligator is going to attack them again and the fucking mythosaur is going to eat them, right? That's the bigger fish this season. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so I love the armorer like reacting to Bo-Katan in this moment because for a split second, obviously they set up the mythosaur. They're not going to not deliver on that later in the season. But there is that slight bit of hesitation for me as a viewer now where they have set this up as did Bo-Katan actually see a mythosaur or was that a vision because she was drowning, <laughs> you know, or saving the mandal. But again, I, I think we're, we're, we're fully in the camp of we're going to see the mythosaur later. However, I like that seed of doubt, especially that maybe the armorer is trying to plant that doubt in Bo-Katan herself. I also am now stringing together this new theory because that's my new thing, apparently, where the armor is obviously up to something. This is, I think this is all orchestrated by her because the, oh my God, there's so much. The armor is the one that sends, that tells Din Djarin that he has to bathe in in the waters, right? Even though the rumor is out there that it's not safe to be on that planet, but she still says that's the only way to get yourself clean so she's clearly sending him there, right? 
So A, I think she knows that it's livable and she, and he can go there. And B, I think that she knows that the Mythosaur is there and that he's going to get dragged under or that there's dangers on that planet. And Bo-Katan, like, I, I honestly think that she knew sending Din Djarin there would bring Bo-Katan there, would, like, uh, have her see the Mythosaur. Or maybe she planned for Din Djarin to see the Mythosaur and that maybe that was her plan. But, like, I, I think she sent them there for a reason because now she's she's the one who put Bo-Katan in charge of maybe not maybe not maybe i'm missing that detail but like bo then took charge of the rescue mission right and that was weird because it's like you're a brand new member of this clan let's go save a foundling but then she's the first one to greet her off the ship and say hey that's the highest honor you can have as a mandalorian you know you you saved the myth or you saved the foundling let me go get you some new armor and then they have that talk right and then in this new episode i don't want to get too far ahead but it's like she's the one who says take off your helmet and she's the one who is like pushing Bo-Katan so hard like the armor obviously has different motives in this she knows more than she's leading on she's manipulating Bo-Katan and her faith and her belief in this in this religion I guess you call there's uh, she has an ulterior motive and there's going to be a moment where she stabs Bo-Katan in the back or just turns on the uh, on something and I think the Mandalor a lot of the Mandalorian people are going to follow the armor but there are going to be some that follow. I think you were, both of our theories are kind of connection where I said it was going to be Bo-Katan and Din Djarin. I think Din Djarin and Bo-Katan are going to uh, work together like you were mentioning against the armor because that just, it feels like the armor has this huge master plan and it's all coming together at this point. It's just every episode, it feels like the armor is influencing something where she is the puppet master at this point. It's so cool. Yeah, it's it's very interesting, which... Again, we'll get into more of that when we get into episode six, because yeah, in episode six, I was like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> Let's jump into the flashback, and then I think we've covered episode five pretty, pretty heavily. So Grogu's with the armor while she's making him some new armor, and she's... I don't quite remember what she's talking about. This was two weeks ago already, but she she triggers some something in him to bring up the memory of order 66 and him Bro. getting rescued john favreau loves a good hammer noise <laughs> you know what i mean ding ding, ding. he does because <laughs> he started it with iron man That's what i'm saying um i don't think it so i don't think it was necessarily whatever she was saying it, it because the i believe in an earlier season the same thing happened in dinjarin where there was hammering from the armor and that sent him back into a flashback oh, yeah. type of thing. Yep, yep. so i believe just something along the lines of the Beskar and the and the reverberations or whatever it sends you into deep thinking. Yes, but we get Order sixty six, and we get what five or six Jedi that are trying to like protect him and, and save him and get him out. And of course, they all fall to the clones, except for one, which ends up being the actor who voiced. Jar Jar Binks. Yes. And as silly as that sounds, he was badass. Like it was so cool. After this episode came out, he dropped like a bunch of like videos and pics of him like in the gym. Like this dude's ripped. Mm -hmm. And he was awesome. He had dual lightsabers. He had a, a blue and a green, if I remember correctly. I one up of one of like a fallen Jedi, like in the elevator. Oh, that would make sense. That yeah. would make sense. Okay. But 
Regardless, he still Regardless. had two lightsabers and just wrecked face, jumped on a speeder bike, got some Attack of the Clones vibes with that that chase through Coruscant to get to, to the ships that were eventually going to get them off planet. He gets them to these ships, these Naboo ships. So the Naboo army ultimately is who saved Grogu. Senator Guards too, so there's got to be some sort of connection. I don't remember. Did he? Did he join Grogu on that ship, or did he stay back? Ooh. Now you're testing both of our memories. Because <laughs> again, two weeks ago since I saw this, I. Did we see them leave on the ship? I know they talked about it. Ugh, now I don't remember. He, and then I believe he was like fending off some more clones. I'm going to go hunting while you talk. <laughs> I just bring it up because there's a theory that I heard from a different show that I was like, that would be too cheesy. No. Uh, bas- basically saying that because it's Naboo, who's the senator of Naboo during all of this? It's Jar Jar. And he's it's like, Jar if, he's like, so Jar Jar is the, ultimately the one who saves Grogu. And he's like, I think it'd be super cheesy if Jar Jar and then the Jedi that the voice actor plays like met. And I was like, that would be kind of cringy, like, like kind of cheesy. But I also kind of want to see it. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I can't see that actor ever voicing Jar Jar again. No, after what he went through, no. Uh, so I don't think we're going to see Jar Jar, but I think that it's kind of funny that he saved Grogu, both the actor and the character. <laughs> no, I don't think, I like you said, I don't think we're ever going to see Jar Jar again. But I do like that it is heavily implied, especially because it's like a cool, the fact that they bring back uh, Keller and Bess, too, or Keller and Beck, I should say, um, who is the Jedi's name. Uh, he was like a host of like this weird Jedi kid show or whatever. But he. he oh, really? Yes. So this is an actual character that that like he so he was the he all of a sudden became this host of this TV show and he wanted to be like a legit Jedi character. Right. Um, so he created Keller and Bess and he was in the guard the whole time and he's talking like a Jedi. So now when he comes into this, it's like. Okay, this guy actually is in canon somehow, but I I just love the idea that they're hinting at the fact that it was Jar Jar who actually saved him. So we actually get the Jedi and the actor who played Jar Jar to literally save him. Like I I, I don't know. I like there. I think there was a cool connection there. Plus, it's just a really cool moment for I think it, uh, Ahmed Best. I think his name was uh, yes, uh, the yeah. actor. I, I think it's just a really cool moment for him. Like I said, he got a lot of hate and like fucking death threats after that whole Jar Jar thing, which is just so unwarranted. But like for him to have this cool badass moment to be back in Star Wars and to be this character that people actually enjoy. Yeah, I just thought that was a really cool moment for him. There's so much coming out of this flashback, though. Like we obviously get to see from Grogu's point of view, Order 66, which a lot of us have been asking for for a while. We get to see him. I've cool. Clearly a little bit younger, but not that much because he ages very slowly. But like his little floater, it's the same one that he got found in. Um, and it's all clean and nice and everything. And it, it was just super interesting. But then, like I mentioned, the the Naboo fucking ship that saved is like a senator fighter. So or senator guards. So it was obviously 
some senator from Naboo. Again, it, it has to be Jar Jar that saved him. But there's just so much cool shit that comes out of that. Like, how many other people survived? There's, there, there's obviously, and did Keller and Beck survive? We don't know. Like, maybe he's out there, too. I, I really like that we got this flashback, but I also don't want to see any more. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like that we just got this little couple-minute thing, and then we can leave they the rest to imagination. They definitely could show more if they wanted yeah. to. Mm -hmm. I like, too, that we didn't see Ahmed Best's character die in this flashback. Yes. So... If he becomes popular enough after this, which I think he could, we could definitely bring him back for more flashbacks, or maybe he's one of the few that survived. Going with my my want of a of an older Jedi Mandalorian Grogu, maybe after he becomes a Mandalorian and goes off on his own journey, maybe the Jedi that he finds to finish his training is Ahmed Best to kind of go full circle like an old man Ahmed best like oh, that could be good. kind of like cool. that because I like to and again using one of your Kyle favorite things my headcanon I I, I want a headcanon that Ahmed best is Grogu's Jedi master yeah and that's why he ended up being the one to save him like <laughs> so to go full circle of hey I'm gonna complete your training now as a Jedi right i think would be awesome so i i like that we didn't see him die or get killed off so and he is absolutely on the ship with him he's actually the one flying the ship <laughs> oh cool so so there we go. yeah and is that how that's how it ends isn't it yeah because yes. about to, he jumped he, the, the jump through hyperspace is what ends it for grogu um yeah so he's probably out there super cool i again just i i feel like they answered a lot of questions while also asking a lot of questions but it's a lot of stuff that they can answer in present tense as far as the show goes. They don't, I don't think they need to do more flashbacks like this. It's like a one-time thing, answer some questions, show some cool stuff from the from Order 66, but then whatever questions are left to be answered can be answered. Again, I'm at best coming back as Keller and Beck in the few in the in the present to end the show would be like, hey, I'm gonna train you as a Jedi. Although if they do that, it'd be a little too on the nose. Then we know he's coming back for a movie, but whatever. My last final thought on episode four. I keep getting these all mixed up. You've been up. saying on five episode... and six. All, I've, 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 I've just let you go. <laughs> People know what we're saying. Episode four. My final thought on episode four is I was on the opposite fence of you with the, uh, the foundling pterodactyls. Uh, until you mentioned something that I didn't think of. I was like, really? Why why are we keeping these fucking things? This is like I was like, ugh, this is this is dumb. This is too cheesy. Like, really? Baby pterodactyls are gonna be foundlings? Okay. But that's because I didn't think of the potential of bringing them back once they're fully grown and having some Mandalorians ride on some armored pterodactyls because i think that would Star be cool too. Oh. yes <laughs> yep. i didn't i didn't even think of that so the th the fact that like you brought that thought to my mind i'm like okay <laughs> i could i could forgive that if they came back in a badass way but i almost want to wait until like maybe season four because yeah i, I don't know yes and 
who knows maybe they could grow to be full adults within like a couple months who knows but give some time to pass give me some time to even forget that we kept those things so then when they do come back i'm like whoa what's up with these armored pterodactyls that they're riding on and then like that's part of the previously on flashbacks kind of like they did with the first episode of this season where we flashed back all the way to season one with ig11 and i was like why are we showing us that and then that's why so yeah i'm i'm now on board with keeping them but initially until this conversation i was like this is fucking dumb <laughs> like this is this is a little too cheesy this is a little too dumb why why <laughs> <laughs> any other final thoughts kyle on episode four before we jump into episode five no all i want to say going into episode five is uh i'm glad we went in a little bit of depth on a certain couple characters in episode three <laughs> so i think it sets up some good stuff going forward <laughs> Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get to it. <laughs> All right. Episode... I think it was necessary. Let's talk about it. Episode five titled The Pirates. I really liked this episode. I think it's one of my favorite episodes of the season so far. Uh, started off really strong. We go back to Navarro with Grief Karga. They're setting up some where they're going to have different ports or whatever and then the pirates come captain swamp thing shows his face and he's like hey i'm gonna take over this place i liked that you could tell he was a puppet and i liked that the transmission wasn't a strong transmission like it kept glitching out because you could tell it was a puppet like it wasn't fully lining up and you can't like you can't do lip movements with puppets so it looked off but like they did it in a way where you could kind of forgive it. It because... looked off in that good, like old fashioned Star Wars way. And yes. I honestly loved it. And I like too the fact that he's the one that calls grief and then he ends the transmission with, Don't call me again. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> I was like, Really? You were the one who called him. And he's like, That's Don't call me in, again unless you plan to surrender. And I was like, <laughs> He didn't call you. Well, uh, but yeah pretty much blasts navarro and uh kicks all the people out and then i like that we follow the x-wing pilot that we saw a couple times in season two and even in book of boba fett when when din gets the the naboo fighter dave filoni's uh (laughs) co-pilot x-wing pilot uh grief sends his message out to him and he's like all right like i I guess I got to take control of this. Like something's not right here. All this stuff keeps happening on Navarro. Uh, there, there was some rumors that, uh, why am I blanking on his name now? Giancarlo Esposito's character. Why am oh, I blanking uh, on his name? Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon. Like there's been rumors that Moff Gideon didn't even make it to trial. The, all this stuff shady. I got to go figure this out. I guess there was a Rebels character. Uh, the big purple uh cgi sasquatch uh x-wing pilot dude that was like oh i was hoping that navarro would have made it through like good luck with your mission like i like that he's like i'm bummed that that didn't work but i'm not gonna help you either (laughs) but i guess yeah i guess he's a rebels character that we can probably expect to see now in ahsoka I, I thought he was a cool character, like a cool design. I had no idea until after the episode that, oh, hey, this is a Rebels guy. That's cool. Um, I didn't know that either. 
so we go we we follow dave filoni's co-pilot to coruscant i i i don't know his name i don't know a lot of smaller characters names in this show carson uh, Tava. sure uh we, we follow we follow him to coruscant where he meets tim meadows oh, yeah <laughs> fuck it i a huge pop for me in my living room it's it's funny because he's gonna be at the skyline comedy club in appleton in may and we were my my girlfriend and i we were at skyline a couple weeks ago when we saw that it was advertised and then she happened to get home like when this scene started and it was like tim meadows what the fuck are you doing here but i liked that he's a comedian and he played his role like in a not so serious manner but Mm -hmm. also wasn't like hey zinger zinger joke 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 like the whole time like he felt like a real person Mm -hmm. that felt like he was just overworked and maybe didn't care as much like it fit the tone of the scene Mm -hmm. i I don't like often when we get like comedians in like a small role like this and they're just like hey quit 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 zinger 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 the whole time and i like that he didn't do that the show has always been the show has always been good at that bill burr i thought did a really good job when he was in the show that's fair that's fair so basically goes there and then they're like yep can't help you out there and the girl from episode three i i forget her name too but um she comes in and she's like oh yeah i was actually stationed on navarro and and oh how convenient that they're not a part of the republic they didn't they didn't sign the paperwork so i guess we can't help them out bummer dude and x-wing guys like yeah you know that's cool but something's not right here i liked the tension of this scene where it was like star wars often is like republic good empire bad and i like that this scene continues to gray that and the fact that like yeah there's a new republic now but maybe they're not better than the empire maybe they can be just as bad in some cases because he's like you guys aren't and i liked too how relatable this was because i'm not gonna go into it but drama that's going on with me at work felt very similar to the drama that was going on here where he's like you're all not listening there's more going on that you're aware of and you're not gonna do anything about it until it becomes too big of a problem. And I liked that tension there because, again, I, for me, it was very relatable right now. It's too <laughs> relatable at times, but I, I like that it's not all oh, the the new empire or the new republics this rosy colored thing that I, we all thought that maybe it would be after uh, Return of the Jedi. It's so good because, again, as a fan of the sequels, yes, I get it. Uh, I there there has been this question of, you know, how how did how did the empire come back? How somehow how did the new order? Return? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't know. We don't know how any of this happened. So I, I like that we're starting to get a lot of those questions answered, uh, which is I think was a lot of the point of some of this show was someone probably asked that question. Hey. How did this happen? Hey, we have an idea for a couple of cool, cool characters. Let's tell a cool story. So I liked it because it really does feel like the the New Republic is like, you know, hey, we fucking won. We're good now. And, you know, what we say goes. We're running shit. There's no, no, the New Order. That, no, they're not coming back anytime soon. We're great. We're good. We're just going to run things how we want to do. And they're like, they are overseeing everything. And 
that's how that's how everything is able to grow from underneath and we're we're starting to see that from a very small scale and it's i i again that was part of the part of the reason that andor was so cool just seeing a lot of this big issue galactic stuff on a smaller scale i think we're starting to get a lot of that too in mandalorian and so he's basically like yeah so you're not gonna help but i'm still gonna find a way to help them out and do something mm-hmm. about it and he walks off and liberated empire chick again don't know her name like gives him a dirty look before the scene ends and i was and now we can we can get into it now because i don't i don't remember i don't think she shows up the rest of the episode but you're like oh episode three is now justified because she's showing her face more. not fully justified but <laughs> if we wouldn't have gotten episode three and we just got this scene with her i did remember seeing her with moff gideon in season two sure and i it probably helps that i yeah i rewatched season two before yeah uh, season three but that would have been enough for me to be like oh she's she's a part of the republic now and and she's still shady as fuck okay it's such a big leap to take though brian like okay i get that you could take that leap but like the fact that we got a story of her joining but then we also got the story of her clearly still being a bad guy <laughs> like she but she's hiding that from everyone like there's i again i don't think it's fully justified episode three i still enjoyed episode three so maybe i'm just trying to justify it but like <laughs> i it feels we it, it's absolutely necessary in my opinion that episode and that storyline was absolutely necessary for what is about to happen uh with Aaliyah kane Aaliyah kane whatever they want to call her oh yeah i think it would be we'll find out towards the end of the season that yeah it was necessary but at this point i'm like i'm still like meh and maybe it's just because of the way that it was done like it felt so like forced in there like oh hey we gotta we gotta sidestep for an episode especially after that awesome battle that started the episode and i was like this is how we started and now we're going here no let's go back over there i liked what was going on over there better but that's just personally me. So yeah, he finds the Mandalorians, uh, lets them know what's going on. He's like, hey, you need to help your buddy uh, grief out with these pirates. And I know you won't let them die. I, You can trust me. Like, I promise I won't give away your location, even though I know you're going to relocate. Now they're all freaking out. Like, oh, we've been found out. Like, now we got to find a new home, which conveniently gets solved at the end of this episode. But yeah, they go to Navarro to uh, help liberate the planet. And lo and behold, who's the one who comes up with the game plan and leads the strike? The Bo-Katan. Interesting. Yeah. And then we get this awesome battle on Navarro, which when the trailers came out for season three, they they had the, the, the scene of them dropping out of the ship and flying into the city. Like... This was how I wanted a lot of this season to be, was just Mandalorians doing cool-ass Mandalorian stuff. Mm-hmm. And this episode's like, we've made you wait this long. We're finally going to give it to you. We're going to give it to you in full glory. I like that the armor shows up in uh, Grief's little palace thing, and she's still taking out people with her with her hammer and her, her, her tongs instead of like blasters and jetpacks and shit like mm-hmm. that she's like no i'm the armor like these are my tools i'm going to use them as weapons too i like that we keep going on with that yeah this was just an awesome episode i i loved the action that was going on in here 
it was just cool to see a Mandalorian art like army like doing their doing their stuff. And the one thing that I thought during this battle too, the collector in me was like, "Hey, how cool would it be for Hasbro to have like their Black Series be like make your own Mandalorian action figure? Cool. Like, like if you could go on their website and you could choose between different styled." like helmets and you could choose between different armored like body types and then choose your colors and make your own like mandalorian figure i was like that's all that i was thinking during the scene i was like i want hasbro to do that because i want that i want to make my own mandalorian action figure yeah, that's, that's the last thing you need brian is more action figures <laughs> exactly <laughs> no i i completely agree i don't have too much to say other than that you know awesome fight scene uh just just really cool stuff to find to see that all the mandalorians in action and i think you know obviously we're going to see a lot more of that in the future but there are other things towards the end of this episode that i want to talk about more which we could probably just get into because correct the the action scenes were cool but i don't know how many details we can fully pick apart and be like oh that was cool to see here just watch the episode the action was great so yeah the armor brings bo katan down to the original i forget what they call it her her workspace with the with the fire pit thing where she can make the armor and basically tells them like oh we have the smaller one here like this was our our life source for a while and then talks about remembering the giant one on Mandalore and all of the different armorers that were all working together in sync to the music of the, of the hammers on the armor or on the steel or whatever. And then brings up the mythosaur again. And it's like, I think I believe you. And then orders her to take her helmet off twice. I was like, I was like, Whoa, this was when I was like, what the fuck? Well, I, like, I mean, Listen, we got to get Katie Sackhoff to take her helmet off at least once an episode. True, true. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're paying for that face, so we we gotta we gotta show it. But I was like, I was like, what's your motive here? Like when she's telling her to take the helmet off, I were, I was like, are you trying to get her to take it off so you can exile her and get her out of the picture again? Exactly what I thought too. But then she's like, she's like, you've been with the other half of our people. You've been in their ways. If we want to all come together, we got to all learn to be together as one and bring these two beliefs together, which is blasphemous. Even like the Paz Vizla, when he comes out, he's like, we got to kill her. Like she took her helmet off. What's going on? You know, but no, they come out to their, to the, to the rest of the Mandalorians pretty much hand in hand being like, Hey, we're going to work together. Bo's going to go off and find, uh, the rest of her clan and bring them back together and then we're going to go back to Mandalore. But for now, I guess we got this nice uh, field that Grief let us now back on the borrow. We can, we no longer have to hide. We can be out in the open and quote unquote protect these people and keep doing our thing until we get all of our people back. And it's kind of how the episode ends. And I was just like, what is my brain's immediately like what is going on because i'm with you i like the armor's definitely like playing her own game here and i was Up like something for it's, sure it's interesting the more cards she lays down on the table it's like where where is this going what's your what's the end game here what's your ultimate game plan i i i want to go back and just rewatch all of mandalorian now with this mindset of the armor being up to something because I guarantee there's been seeds planted this whole time 
because it just like every time I think back about one of her conversations now, it's like she is manipulating people with this with this religion. That's a whole nother thing on religion, but I won't get into that. But she is specifically <laughs> she is specifically using bits and pieces like she is she's taking like oh this will really work for my argument here this will really manipulate this person here like she's she's clearly got a plan and dude i that scene where she's just take off your helmet like what <laughs> like no take it off right now and then she they walk out and like but she she doesn't wear her helmet and it's like just so cool because a that's what bogotan wanted to do to begin with but now the armor is all of a sudden on board with it and the rest of the people are like that's not well, even that's, even yeah. then like you gotta think about him because even the start yeah. of this season it's like <laughs> get my thoughts straight here yeah yep, um, first of all when when we're talking this is religious stuff going on here whether right. you're a religious person or not for a religious person like a super religious person like the armorer appears to be for her to be like yeah it's all a bunch of crap yeah what we're, we're gonna we're gonna just come together and be a person regardless of our beliefs very religious people it it would take a lot for them to change their their minds and for her to just on a whim be like nope it's all it's all good now like that's the first red flag yep. where even bo katan at first was like uh no. It's against the creed. So that's your first red flag. But then to go back to the beginning of this season, the first two episodes where she's like, you're no longer a part of us because you took your helmet off. You got to go and do this impossible task yeah. in order to get back in. And they, they did like a close-up of Din's helmet and like a couple times. But every time they they like turned to him, I was thinking like, he's probably like, what the fuck? Bro, I, I had to I I had to go and risk I risked my life. I almost died like three times on Mandalore just so that I could put this helmet back on and be a part of you guys to now have you be like, oh no, it's all good. It could if support you're... your mind thought too of of Din and Bo being at odds because maybe then he's now like, what makes you so special? Like, why can you walk around willy-nilly without your helmet on and be a part of us? But I couldn't. And who's behind all of it? The, the armor is literally. Oh my God, she's pitting them against each other. Oh, this is too good. Ah, oh, Brian, we work well together sometimes. <laughs> this is too good. Good stuff. Good. All right, one last thing to talk about. I'm very excited for this too. Okay. Fucking Carson, whatever his name. Is. <laughs> We're just gonna call him Carson. He goes out because he still has this theory about oh, Mosidian. So he still thinks that something is going on wrong with Moff Gideon. So they find the ship, if I remember correctly, they find the ship that was transporting him to trial and it's fucking blown up. And I don't, I, I didn't see any other bodies, but he meant that him and his little robot had, uh, mentioned that Moff Gideon's body isn't there. So he obviously thinks this was an extraction. And then he finds shrapnel of Beskar armor which means that a Mandalorian set Moff Gideon free. And you know who it probably was? The fucking armor. <laughs> the armor has been working with Moff Gideon this whole time. I'm convinced. 
Because remember, the first thing, how did you get the Darksaber? Oh, I defeated him off Gideon. Did you kill him? I did not. He's off for trial. Boom! That's when she went and said, she mm. sent someone off to save him. Ah! <laughs> this is so cool. I love this so much. Dude, I don't that, know what her allegiance to Moff Gideon is, but there's obviously something going on there. It was a good scene. It was, it was a really scene. good scene because I was tense throughout the majority of that because I was expecting... Oh, he was going to die. <laughs> I was expecting something to come out or like blow up or, or do something. And because like that, the little drone is just looking in this this dead ship that's just floating out in the middle of nowhere, and they they really hit home too that Moff Gideon escaping has been covered up because he's on the radio uh, back with base and he's like, hey, I found this ship that's like not chartered to be out here that's just floating dead in the water. It's been blowing the bits, and even the guy on the other side's like, yeah. I, it's not in our charts here it's not in the logs like and then the his r i i forget what it was was it like r7 or something like that okay. like the little camera drone thing that we've seen pop out of r2 how many times when he gets buried that like just sticks up and it's like looking around the fact that it can detach and just like has its own little like thruster thing to float around space i was like whoa i didn't know that I could do that that's pretty sweet but yeah the fact that like they're like yep this is definitely like the ship that was in charge of of taking moff gideon off the trial we didn't know that it didn't make it we didn't know that moff gideon escaped because he's not in, amongst the dead bodies that are floating in here but yeah then this the best car thing this whole time i've just kind of disregarded moff gideon after the defeat i've just kind of disregarded him as a character i almost in my mind thought he did die because like i I thought they were done with him. And then all of a sudden this this season has raised up his name enough and now all this it's like holy shit. I, we should have saw this coming. <laughs> Which will bring up something that we'll touch on towards the end of this conversation, the fact sure. that we're 5 episodes into an 8 episode season and Moff Gideon still hasn't shown up even though he keeps getting mentioned and name dropped all the time. But yeah, then the Beskar like shrapnel my first thought was, is this Bo-Katan's people that abandoned her? Because mm -hmm. there's other Mandalorians out there. Maybe there's a more dangerous group of Mandalorians that we haven't seen yet or really dove deep into yet that now are going to cause problems for our main group here because now that he's seen that, he's like, oh, I know where their home base is. I basically just let them go and now... Now they're the ones that broke out Moff Gideon. They even, I like too how they were just like, Moff Gideon's working with Mandalorians? <laughs> like, because even, even as a viewer ourselves, like we've always seen the exact opposite. Like he's basically been their main villain this whole time. So to think that there, that there's a group of them that are actually working together, like is, is kind of crazy and mind blowing. Yeah, this was a, this was a great, end to this episode and just opens up a whole lot more questions and one of the questions that one of the main questions i should say that i have going on now is how are we going to wrap this all up in just three more episodes because we're now we're now over the halfway mark with mando season three and it kind of goes back to 
my overall feelings about this season so far is that there's it's been a weird season like it I, for me i don't think the flow has been super great like we're we're going off in so many different directions and so many things introducing so many different concepts and things where it's just like how are we gonna bring this all together and tie it up in the nice little bow for season three or even just some of those uh strands open for season four knowing that season three was completely written before season four so that they knew where they were going to go with season four it's interesting to me it just feels like they're going to leave all these questions unanswered i think like they're going to there's going to be some sort of big we've talked about a lot of different things on how this season could end it's going to me it's going to set up that final mandalorian civil war is that you know reintroducing moff gideon and him teaming up with the armor against Bo-Katan. But Dinjar, maybe Dinjarin and Bo-Katan are still at odds towards the end of the season. And that, you know, they don't, it's almost like splitting up into threes. I don't know, but, and, and then eventually they come together in season four. There's going to be something big, but there's going to be a lot of questions I think left unanswered, like you mentioned. They're setting, season three to me feels like they're setting up a lot that won't get resolved this season. We're going to, there's going to be a lot of questions going into season four. And I think that's the big, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if season four is the last one and that's how they wrap this up. Unless they want to do a spinoff or two random episodes in another show. Part of me kind of hopes that they go at least season five. Sure. Cause I, I like five as a, as a nice round number instead of four. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe because of that, I, I want one more season after the next, I could definitely see bow and the armor like still being hand in hand at the end of this oh, season that could be and yeah. like that them basically being against din and i could see i could see din and and pav paz vizla i could see them two being like the main two and like their group of people being against bow and the armor because they have a pretty strong love hate relationship so i could see that yeah <laughs> Paz is a character that like I've wanted to really like and like it, it depends on the episode with me like sure. sometimes I'm like yes I, I really like you and then other times I'm like why are you so annoying and I think it's funny like I really want to like him because a he's he's big and he's badass and he's got that giant Gatling gun that's pretty fucking sweet and b because i know it's john favreau i'm like i want to like your character because you're the showrunner <laughs> and the, you're the creator of the series and the fact that like sometimes i do and sometimes i don't and now i think the sometimes i don't is on purpose because now that that din saved this kid with this in in that in episode 4 the way that his argument started in this episode of why of when he's like i'll speak and it basically sounded like we shouldn't go and help navarro and i was like oh you're gonna make me not like you again like 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 i said love hate love hate love hate and then at at the end of it he's like but this guy saved saved my son so i'm with him basically till the end of the line and i'm like oh okay now i get yeah. it so i i can definitely see those two being like the main two against yeah. bow and the armor at this point they clearly even, hate each other, but they respect each other, you know? 
and I think they're going to start liking each other now too because mm-hmm. when when Bo and the armor come walking up to the group with Bo having her helmet off, like he looks at Din like two or three times during that scene, being like, "Because you can tell right away that he's not okay with it," yep. and he's looking at Din like, "Like you believe this shit? What the fuck's <laughs> going on?" And, yeah. and Din's just kind of like, "Yeah, I." I see it. I don't know how I feel about it either. <laughs> uh, so I can definitely see them bonding more and those two being like the main two to lead yep. the group against the armor and bow. I think, I think the armor and bow are definitely going to be hand in hand and at the end of this season. And maybe not until like to go with your theory, if the armor is the one that's working with Moff Gideon, like that could be, the great ultimate betrayal that ultimately mm-hmm. gets Bo back on on the side of Din and like the others. So that's why they could almost, they could leave it open ended at the end of the season where the armor reintroduces Moth Gideon and maybe Bo Katan is like and maybe that's how it we don't even get Bo Katan's reaction to that. Maybe towards the end at the end of the season. Like that's literally how it ends. Is like here's our other general. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, then and then that could be like the first big thing in the first you know episode or two. I feel like they could probably run that out. They could have a huge fight scene between Bo-Katan and the armor if they really wanted to. Uh, yeah, I'm so excited for how this is going. I love it. Three episodes left, and a lot of questions left too. But hopefully, we get some answers within the next few weeks. Uh, any other final thoughts, Kyle? Before. Uh, no, they're they're telling a really good story right now, and I don't think they're missing anything. I honestly don't have any 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 complaints about anything at this point. Like this, I feel like season three's been really good. Uh, and again, I just I love I love when you can see a defined story, but it it still feels like they can do multiple different things with that defined story. Like that just mwah, mark of mark of a good storytelling job. I'm having more faith. Uh, I think this this season's finally starting to to course correct a little bit i i do feel like the first half of the season was a little little choppy a little sloppy little what the fuck's going on here but i i like the direction that we're starting to finally go down like i said i got faith that we'll we'll wrap up in a in a great good way so that being said before we can wrap this whole episode up we got to jump into some best stuff recommendations kyle did you actually have something to bring to the table this week or are you gonna pull a 100th episode of nope this whole episode was the best (laughs) mandalorian go watch it um no i i did want to just mention my life has now been uh reconsumed by something else a new video game just came out and it's mlb the show 23 every year around this time of year when baseball starts San Diego Studios drops MLB The Show, and every year it is somehow better than the last year. It is always the best sport. It has always been the best sports game out there. I think it's 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 one of the best feeling. It's one of the most uh, interactive. It's it, they improve on it every year. There's never really huge complaints other than bugs early on in the game. Uh, unlike Madden, where it's like they're literally the same game every year. They don't make any changes. They just try to make small changes that make it look like they're making changes uh, or NBA 2K where I just fell out. I, I fell out of both of those games, but MLB the show every year takes over my life. It is just the greatest. And if you're a fan of baseball, a fan of video games, absolutely need to play MLB the show. How long did the mailman 
make you wait last week. Bro, I know way that too long. I know that was one of the things that you were talking about that you were that you were frustrated with last week. The fact that all oh, my friends got this game and now I gotta wait on the mailman and and the, the company won't give me my digital code so yep. I could just play the game. I was a little emo kid about it last week. Um, <laughs> I, I believe the UPS driver got here around 1230 on Friday. So I was playing the game by one o'clock in the afternoon. Nice. There you go. And then I, I believe I left my chair to go to bed around 1130 at night. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I've got, I'll just stick to one. I, I was, I was thinking about maybe doing two. I'm going to stick to one. I got one best stuff this week. It's a little movie that came out last week. John Wick chapter four. There's a reason why we haven't talked about it yet on the show. There's a reason why this week's episode wasn't one. Uh, it's because this guy spent too much money on MLB the show yep. and uh, can't afford to see both John Wick or Dungeons and Dragon. So or we, Shazam. We, or Shazam or the Mario movie that comes out next week. So yeah. it's probably going to be quite a while before we talk about any of those, unfortunately, because March has been a great movie month That's like, March, like. <laughs> march has been a fantastic movie month and to keep rounding that up is john wick chapter four if you are at all a fan of these movies you definitely got to go and see this out in the theater uh it's so good i was admittedly i was a little nervous going into chapter four because chapter three parabellum i think is is the the tagline on it the only one that has one, which I find kind of odd, <laughs> uh, but chapter three for me was definitely the weakest John Wick movie uh, so far and still kind of is. The action scenes were were great in that movie, but the story just felt kind of a little eh to me. And even doing the rewatch on that one, because I had only watched it the once in the theater and I was like, that was fine, but I, I don't know if I really loved that movie. And then I bought it on Blu-ray and I didn't open it up until literally last week preparing for chapter four. And even on the rewatch, I was like, I was like, this is fine. And even, even my girlfriend who was not excited to watch these movies, like for some odd reason, like the John Wick movies, she was like, no, don't want to watch them. And I made her watch them with me throughout last week so that we could go to four together. And one, she was like, I liked that a lot more than I thought I would. And two, she really enjoyed two. Chapter three came and she was like on her phone the majority of the time. She's like, this movie's not, it's just not capturing my attention. Like it's not holding me at all. So I was nervous going into four. Four is an almost three hour movie. And that was the other thing that had me a little nervous. I was like, do we need three hours? And the answer is yes, because there is some jaw dropping like intense how the hell did they do this action sequences in this movie the storyline is great as well it's but i don't think anything will ever take my spot with number one just because of how clean and unique and just like standalone that first movie was but this movie is definitely like my second favorite in the john wick series so far like it it is phenomenal but the action's great the actors are great. 
the new characters that they introduce in this movie, like I know they're trying to do a bunch of John Wick spinoffs. There are a lot of characters that they introduced in this movie that I want to see do their own thing. There is a, a tracker character that's got the German shepherd. So he's the character with the dog in this one. They, they call him Mr. Nobody in this movie. He was fantastic. Donnie Yen as Kane was a show stealer like every time he was on 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 screen i was like like he stole the attention even when he was with john wick you weren't watching keanu you were watching donnie yen and he's basically the daredevil of the john wick universe like he's he's a blind assassin that ultimately gets brought in to take down john wick absolutely incredible like even doing some things that was that i was like wow like if they if marvel would take some notes and maybe do some of this stuff too like you could make daredevil even that much cooler because again he did things where immediately i was like i know what you're doing here like keanu reeves is a big comic book fan a big marvel fan and there were many elements in this movie that i was like okay i I see what you're doing here you you haven't been in the mcu yet you haven't made a marvel movie yet this is your way to be like, hey, I, I've got this itch to do some of these things here. Let's do them here. Uh, Kane being, the, like I said, the daredevil of the John Wick universe. There's another character that is very Kingpin-esque. And Donnie Yen also happens to find his way into that scene. So I was like, oh, I get it. We got daredevil and Kingpin with John Wick here. Let's see what's going on. But yeah, he was great. This movie was fantastic. The climax of this movie, holy shit there are some crazy things going on in here i've heard a lot of people describe this movie as like the perfect video game movie that's not a video game movie because (laughs) there are some scenes and action sequences that feel like you're watching a video game especially towards like the third act of this movie so it's 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 a must see in the theater i saw it on the super screen and i absolutely loved it definitely if you're looking for a movie to watch, go out, watch John Wick Chapter 4. You're not going to be disappointed. Dungeons & Dragons is on my agenda for this weekend. Hopefully tonight. Not tonight. Probably tomorrow or Sunday. It's got to find its way in here because I've heard nothing but good things about that movie. And I hope that that can be my best stuff for next week. But for this week, we have been your Midwestern nerds. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N. E-R-D-S. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Midwestern Nerds. We are the Midwestern Nerds podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send that to MidwesternNerds at gmail.com. You can find and stream and listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please remember to rate and review, share and subscribe, be kind, please rewind, all of these things. Help this podcast to continue to improve and grow and be the Midwestern Nerds podcast that you, the listener, want to listen to. We will be back next week with an action-packed, great episode of the Midwestern Nerds podcast. Before this week, for your Midwestern Nerds, I've been Brian Stoffel. And I've been K.O. Kyle Olson. And whether it's Beer, Brats, Comics, or Jar Jar Binks voice actors... Misa, keep it nerdy. Misa, keep it nerdy.
<laughs> Holy shit.